Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 72, and I want to tell you all that I'm blue. Abadee, abadee. That's right. Today, I'm talking about everybody's favorite three-piece from the Italian city of Turin. It's Eiffel 65. (laughs) Uh, And I want to give a special shout-out to one of their multitude of hits, the song Blue Mm. from 1999, John what do you remember about Eiffel 65's Blue from 1999? Um, well, I don't need to remember. It's still uh, whenever I go to my on-repeat uh, playlist on Spotify, it's still oh. always in, in the top three because I've been – I can't – nary a day goes by that I don't whack it on. I would always turn I would always turn it up these days. If it came on the radio, yeah. I would, I'd bump up my big – I'm a big fan, and I can recommend them. I want you goobinaba blabandeu blabatakula. I think something I'd previously mentioned on the podcast was uh, one of my memories of it is being it being on when I was at the orthodontist, and I had my mouth agape, and I had painful tools in my mouth rooting around. Yeah. And the dentist was just casually talking about, or orthodontist was just casually talking about the lyrics to the song. Yeah. Blue and wondering, you know, what's it about? Or what are they, <sighs> what's the hubbardy abba die? Are, that, are, the, are those words or is that just nonsense talk? It's an instant turn off for yeah. me. The let's discuss what he says after blue. I say, <laughs> it's not about like Jesus Christ. It's not about <laughs> that. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that when you were um, nominated for Bachelor of the Year and it's gave, it had turn ons and turn offs <laughs> and you said, <laughs> interminable debates about the blue lyrics. <laughs> about the chorus of Blue by Eiffel 65. <laughs> Speaking of blue, I did something uh, I did this morning. So I have I have my little bits that I'd written down that I thought would make good ideas for a show today. Yeah, yeah. But, but then I did, what I, I did a little bit of a safety net because I was like, maybe I just want a little bit of a... Maybe there's a little bit of extra spice I could throw in in case my idea my ideas real fall flat and I gotta quickly transition into something fun. Mm-hmm. And I had already written <laughs> I'd already written that blue bit because I just was th- I just put in to Google rhyme search what rhymes with two and the first thing that came up with was blue. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'll make it about another song. We'll make it about blue by Eiffel sixty five. But then uh, here's a bit of a tip for you, John. Too, if you ever want some real great, don't praise a machine fodder. I just went on a dailymail.com. Ah. and I'm just going to read you the second top story. Yeah, from dailymail.com right now. From today. From today, blue star. Lee Ryan apologizes for his inappropriate behavior and vows to seek professional help after being arrested on a British Airways flight by armed police Mm. for being abusive towards staff when they wouldn't serve him alcohol. So that's blue of all rise fame, John. Oh, one for the money and no <laughs> and we talked about All Rise, didn't we, on exactly. uh, maybe 10 episodes or so ago, I feel it was, when yeah. uh, I was saying there's not that many songs that use as a skeleton the kind of legal nomenclature. Yeah. So he said, it says here that he was arrested at London City Airport on suspicion of public aff- 
ordered offences before being released 12 hours later pending further investigation. Wow. Said on the band's Instagram account that he'll be seeking professional help for his mental health. He's going to take ownership. And I've got here, what's it called, John, like when there's a uh, committal hearing or when you get, Mm -hmm. when you first appear in front of a judge, like Mm -hmm. in this case, he might have to appear. Sometimes it's called an arraignment or a mention or... And he might, he'd see a judge at that point? Yeah, you'd see the judge yeah. and, you'd, and he'd say, you're on a please. I assume he'd, that would be how it would start. Cause yeah, be- you're exactly right. So I've got the transcript here of his ar- arraignment, mm-hmm. is that what we call it? Yeah, and he's just- Let's call it that. And it's weird, it's very casual. He started with yo-yo. He's gone, uh, yo-yo, mm. you're on a please. It's the perils of being self-represented. He's, he is representing himself here. That becomes obvious yeah. uh, as we go a bit further in. He says, uh, he said to the judge, uh, got to believe what I say, say, what I will tell, tell. Happened just the other day. His timeline's a bit confused. He was mm. so pissed. He was so pissed. <laughs> uh, but he says, look, I must confess because I've had about enough. I need your help. i got to make this thing here stop. So, mm. look, he's taking ownership of it there. Yeah. And then it got a bit weird because uh, he broke into a kind of tune and he went, And baby, I swear I tell the truth about all the things you used to do. Um, and then you can tell here that he's representing himself because he said, uh, And if you thought you had me fooled, I'm telling you now, objection overruled. <laughs> <laughs> And the judge says, I think you've got our both the, the court stage and our roles seriously confused. <laughs> so we wanna we wanna wish Blue Star Lee Ryan mm-hmm. uh, a speedy recovery mm. uh, with his one for the money and the people. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a bit of a problem with the souls, and I'm saying I mean, we have show sponsor Nort Beer. Yeah. We're recommending that Lee Ryan start sipping alcohol-free beers. Right now I'm having a Hellraiser Dark Ale, Dark Amber, I'm sorry, uh, with the aptly named Wellbeing. It's a salute to your uh, former <laughs> That's dr- great. drum and bass persona. <laughs> drum and bass pseudonym Wellbeing. That's great. I love that. Um, yeah, so yeah, apparently it was like... It says here, passengers claim the ex-celebrity Big Brother contestant engaged in crazy behaviour during the flight from Glasgow, including mm. walking up and down the aisle and running behind the cabin crew curtain. That sounds kind of cheeky, fun and cheeky. That's, that just sounds like an amusing diversion, really. And imagine the, imagine what a treat it would be for the staff when that little face popped around the curtain and the, and the little flight attendant said, it's... Is that Lee Ryan from Blue? That would have been so much fun <laughs> seeing that cute little face pop around. Yeah, is that is that one for the money and no free ride? <laughs> Do you reckon anyone would recognise them at, the, at this day and age? Yeah, I mean, definitely in the UK. I think he's right. All, yeah. all of these, all of these people who are in UK boy bands end mm. up in that kind of just. I'm famous for being famous, and they do yeah. all the. I'm a celebrity. Yeah, if he's been on Big Brother, and, people would recognise him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Peter Andre. Mm. We should do a whole show on Peter Andre about how Peter Andre went from <laughs> favorite being son. a pop star. <laughs> the, the Queensland's favourite son, Peter Andre, about how Peter Andre went from being a pop star 
to literally just being his job is being a celebrity now. Yeah. Like people a- don't even know that he was a pop star. <laughs> I I can never forget the funky junkie. Uh, <laughs> that's a good that's a good song. Which I just thought was a bold premise for a song. Just a just <laughs> a very musically energized heroin addict. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Al, I thought we'd have a little chat about The Gentleman, and I'm yes. not talking about the movie starring Matthew McConaughey by Guy Ritchie. I'm right. talking about a man who was found in the German-owned islands of Heligoland, I believe, yes. in the North Sea in 1994, an important right. year for the podcast. Yeah, very important year for the podcast. This came across my desk because a couple of... Don't praises. Shout out to Rob and Rob, actually. Two British Robs, two don't praises. And I think a couple of people probably independently reached out to you as well. That's right, yeah. Off the back of the um, the Summit and Man discussions that we've been having and thought this is uh, this has got DPTM mystery written all over it. It has some oh, of this. Oh, yeah. Some of the same hallmarks of the Summerton Man, as I said, it dates from an important year from the podcast, and for reasons that I'll go into in a moment, it's also a uniquely German-Australian um, yeah, mystery, right. yeah. uh, a little bit like this podcast. And one of the unexpected benefits of the podcast for me is just an increased awareness of my penchant for mysteries. So whenever there's anything. <laughs> In the news, it's kind of like having a little Google alert. People are like, oh, why don't you talk about this on the show? And I'm like, I love this. I, whether I do or not, I just love reading about it. Yeah. So this is, yeah, this is an interesting one. The guy was found, as I said, in the North Sea in a, in a German territory. And he was nicknamed the gentleman because of the condition that he was found in. He was smartly attired. He had a wool tie on. He had British-made shoes. He had French-made trousers. Yeah. He had a long sleeve blue dress shirt. And he had two three-kilogram shoe lasts attached to him. So a shoe last, as you will know, I guess, is people will know, is, is a device that kind of looks like the inside of a shoe that is put inside a shoe to retain its shape and they can be quite heavy. Yep. And uh, so the idea, I think, of strapping them to his body was presumably to weigh him down so that he would sink under the waves. And it looked like he'd been uh, beaten up before he was chucked overboard somewhere or otherwise ended up in the ocean. And much like the Summerton man, he was exhumed and DNA was taken from him and an isotope ratio analysis of that DNA was conducted, or, or I believe it was of the DNA, or perhaps just of his body, was conducted. And uh, it was actually carried out by a team that included German scientists and Australian scientists. And they discovered that he'd spent, in all likelihood, much of his life in Australia. Yeah, that's right. And and this this isotope technology is quite new from what I understand, John. Mm. Whatever they use to determine or to make their their estimation that he'd spent time in Australia, and this is some hot new technology. Right. Yeah. Like a like a Roomba. 
Yeah, it's much like a much like a Roomba. Is that the same technology expo? Um, <laughs> so that's all the information that I have on it at the present time. Uh-huh. But uh, but I want to thank Rob and Rob for reaching out, and obviously we'll be keeping our ear to the ground on that score. Yeah, it did it did make me wonder what the Australian climate is doing to me that an, ana- an analysis of my of my isotopes could isolate this country among others. Maybe it's the blistering hot sun. Maybe it's the hole in the ozone layer. Yeah. Maybe it's all the 4 and 20 pies I'm eating, all the South Melbourne dim sims that I'm eating. <laughs> it says here from the – this is from msn.com. It says differences in climate, soil, and human activity across the globe change the isotopic con- compositions of food – Water and even dust mm. reflected in the isotopic compositions of human tissue. So they chipped into his bones mm-hmm. and they had a look at all the isotopes. That's right. That was his isotopes, bones, isotopes came pouring out of his bones and went mm-hmm. all over the floor and they had to sweep <laughs> up the topes. They said, Barry, if you spill, I probably wouldn't be there. They said, Hans, you've spilled the topes all over the floor again, you idiot. Yeah. Swept him up and they put him in the Roomba. I think if I was following the story correctly, room for isotope analysis machine, and yeah, and they thought from that from that that he came from Australia, and mm. you think maybe you got bones what's full of big M milk? Yeah, exactly. I was thinking I've been around a bit. I've lived in Adelaide, and I've lived here in Melbourne, and I've lived in the UK among other places. So it's probably a nice isotopic melange in my case. You know, there'd be some Tunnock's tea cakes in there from my time living oh, in yeah. London. Of course. There'd be some big M, some four or twenty pies, a few, a few, as I said, a few giant South Melbourne dim sims. Do yourself a favor if you're ever in Melbourne and give one of those a crack. And I guess Adelaide, you know, there's probably some fruit chocks in there, some pie floaters. All the classics, yeah, and uh, I mean, you could you wouldn't need to do an isotopic analysis in my case. You could just examine the contents of my stomach and find and deduce that I had spent most of my life in Australia. I've written in my notes. What would they find in your bones that lets them know you have lived the life you've lived, Alexander? What's Holland? your? I mean, the other thing that occurred to me was. In my case, probably just a little bit of increased density around the pelvic region, right? Because I would have would have lived a very romantic life, yeah. And there'll be, I'd be dubbed the Don Juan of Heligoland. <laughs> <laughs> Reinforced <laughs> pelvic area. They <laughs> would have said this guy's the Genghis Khan of Heligoland. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> Having a look at the pelvis here, we wouldn't be surprised if we find the offspring of this man. Mm. They probably make up a quarter of Earth's population at this stage. Looking yeah, at exactly. These beautiful big hips. <laughs> whoever, whoever he is, most people will be distantly related to him. Um, I had. Um, yeah. I just had. What did you? What would you say? What would, would you? What would you say? Would be in your bones, uh, Mr. <laughs> Holland. 
It's not a question I expected to be asking. <laughs> obviously, obviously, we'll start with obvious ones first. You're gonna. Mm. So they got me out of the sea. No, no. Yeah. And then my skin all melts off, and they're left with nothing but bones. And then yeah. they got me on the table. And what they start doing? <laughs> You're like very loose understanding of these processes. <laughs> and then the isotopes come spraying out. So then what happens? Is they say, well, we better get to work. And they take my first bone and they crack it open and out spills <laughs> Farmer's Union iced coffee. And they, <laughs> and much, much, much like, uh, much like detectives do the little cocaine finger taste. They do that. Yeah, and they go, right. yep, definitely pure Farmer's Union iced coffee coming out of this guy's femur. And then. <laughs> And then probably they they take my hand and mm-hmm. they crush my hand bones up. And it, they're so surprised that when they crush the hand bones in the mortar and pestle, it turns into Beerenberg strawberry jam is in the oh, mortar yeah. and pestle. And, <laughs> and then they say, okay, take another bone from his leg and dissolve it in water. So they put it in a mm-hmm. big jug of water overnight and what happens when mm-hmm. they come in the morning? It's delicious. Bickford's lime cordial is in that jar. <laughs> <laughs> and then they <laughs> and then they and then they take another bone and they take out like a potato peeler and they start shaving it. And suddenly the bone shavings they turn into flaky pastry. Just delicious <laughs> buttery flakes of pastry. And they say unmistakable Villy's pastry coming off these isotope bones. That's a Villy's pie with sauce of a hole. And, <laughs> and then I got Berliner currywurst elbows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a donut kebab spine from all my ears. Oh, yeah. Uh, from my two years in London, uh, had a little bit of jellied eel ribs. Mm-hmm, my course. ribs were made yeah. of eels. <laughs> <laughs> Each food, that's the way it works. Each food is a different bone area. <laughs> and then I've got from the rest. <laughs> and then I've got, of course, they all the other bones that they grind down from my time in Berlin, yeah. they all just turn into cheap speed. And so everybody, <laughs> so all the all of the science men in Germany, yeah. they they say, look, we've done such good work. Let's just do a few lines of owl to finish. It's a mm. Friday night. They real roll up the twenty euro dollar bills, just like <laughs> Keith, Keith Richards did to his old man. Exactly. Let's do a few. And then they're out. Few lines they're of out on the town. They're on the dance Scarf floor. Scarfalo Beerenberg jam. <laughs> they're out on the town. They're loving life. They feel real energized. They hug, it, they hug each other. They say, problem solved. It was Alexander Holland from Adelaide <laughs> all along. That's <laughs> a lovely tale.
So, Al, I was thinking recently, and this connects with my recent review that I went over last week of past Facebook events. I was thinking about the way that people communicate online and how that's evolved and changed over the years. And you can see that very clearly when you do what I did, which is go back into past Facebook events and look at the different ways that people are messaging each other and the kind of tone that they're striking sure. and, and so on. And then you may be prompted to look at your own messenger conversations from that era and, and all that. And so it creates this, this little historical record of the way people communicated at a particular moment in time. And one of the changes that I was thinking about, which strikes me as interesting and that I've sort of reflected on sporadically over the years is when somebody now delivers bad news or when there's something of a particular magnitude in the news, perhaps it's personal news, perhaps it's just people commenting on a BBC news update, whatever it might be, is the use of emojis mm. and the fact that people have become quite comfortable responding to serious or bad news by including the use of, of an emoji. So, for example, if somebody says, you know, so-and-so has passed away, then you, you'll often see people commenting, you know, this is terrible news, so sorry for you all, and or whatever, yeah. you know, violate such and such yeah. a person. And then they'll put a little broken heart emoji, maybe a little tears emoji. Yeah. And not that long ago, you know, if somebody were to do that, I think 15 years ago when we were not really au fait with communicating on social media, that would have seemed like almost pathologically glib and inappropriate to kind of to greet the, the news of a serious event, you know, sometimes a really devastating event with by going, oh, I, I see next to the keyboard options, there's these little miniature cartoony graphics. Maybe I'll pick one of those. This one's a guy weeping, so I'll do that because I'm sad and this face looks sad, so... I'll use that to communicate my sadness. <laughs> it amazes it amazes me that that ever seen that 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 ever stopped seeming weird and glib. And yet, you know, at the same time, it doesn't even to me. I mean, I I, I probably have done it myself. I don't think I remember having done it, but I can see people doing it, you know, all the time. And when I see them doing it now, I kind of accept it as a like a genuine. A, an an authentic expression of emotion. Yeah. You know, I don't think I don't think oh that person's like this. Why are we using these sort of teenager yeah cut cartoonish devices? Why can't we just use words? Yeah, I just think well that's fine. Like that doesn't in any way undermine the fact that that person's having a serious response. They're just using that to accent it. And and yet you know a short while ago I'd just been like, what the fuck? You're an adult. Why are you using a why are you using a broken heart emoji? <laughs> it seemed, it does seem, or certainly did seem, it, like you were trivialising whatever had mm, happened. Exactly. It, it was not something that you obviously took seriously because you wouldn't do like, if somebody wrote, oh, guys, I'm really down, yeah. granddad's just died, and then maybe like a work colleague just posts astonished face, thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. What? You'd be like what a kind of fuck you. You'd be like... 
Dude, this is a serious event. You might be like, that would actually be astonished face, thumbs up. Mike. That would be good if you said, like, somebody's just died. <laughs> I'm not coming into work today. And a colleague, like, maybe your boss did astonished face, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are obviously still ways that you can misfire and you can provoke that old feeling of, like, this is insanely glib if you use the wrong emoji. <laughs> Or, you know, if you use an emoji that's seen as not fitting the occasion, it's like there's a certain subset of emojis. And I reckon if they brought out new emojis to, say, signify the same emotions and you were like, I'm just going to pick from this little fresh set, then maybe that would again seem, because it was unfamiliar to people, it would again seem like an odd and slightly juvenile choice. And it almost might might also (laughs) seem like you were placing – the importance of being hip to trends over mm. the seriousness of what had occurred. Like if you were just, it's almost <laughs> yeah. like if if it's you were, part of what you were thinking was, I'm going to use this fresh emoji. It's like this really shouldn't be a priority right now. <laughs> be like, oh, like my wife's been in a car accident. It's pretty serious. And you just said, oh, that's so mid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh no, cap. Car, car accidents are not chill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just immediate block. I mean, I'm wondering what's next. And I was thinking it's still not okay, even though it's more common than ever, to react to what somebody has posted with a with a GIF. Right. It's still or GIF, GIF, GIF. It's still not it's still not we're still not at the point where somebody can say yeah, I've, I've lost my great uncle and you can you can just post, you know, a, a little clip from a Damon Wayans movie of him <laughs> clutching his face. Face, <laughs> face palm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having, it's funny actually, I'm just having a look now at like the top 100 emojis that are used. Just imagining right. hot, like hot face is pretty, that's a lot, you could, that one in response. Just would make absolutely <laughs> no sense. It's just like a red face with its tongue out and a little drip. <laughs> Hot face. <laughs> uh, if somebody was like, well, if it's okay to use an emoji, then presumably it's okay to create my own. So what I'm going to do is yeah. screenshot a little face that I've sketched crying. And post that as my comment. I have um, I have a little set of uh, my own face stickers. When I was oh yeah, a few years what about ago, using one of those? Yeah, I can maybe we can maybe post them on um, on the Instagram account. I, I worked out how on Telegram messaging app you could make mm-hmm. your own stickers. <laughs> so I just made like six of my own face <laughs> doing like the basic things, like excited, sad, confused. Yeah. Um, and they're quite good actually and so mm. it was always a bit of a treat when i when i had a new friend on telegram and they said mm-hmm. they said something and i just replied awesome with my own like cartoon face <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't have telegram but i was somehow able to do that i can't remember yeah I, th- I think you can maybe just using an iphone i think but- you can do it on whatsapp now i think speaking of whatsapp and speaking mm. of emojis <laughs> Uh, this is another thing that keeps happening to me is I keep, <laughs> I keep reacting to things. Um, I think especially on, where's my phone? Especially on WhatsApp. Cause you can now, yeah. you can now reply to messages on WhatsApp 
with emojis. They give you that set of five. So right. if somebody says, meet me at the pub at six, to let them know you got the yep. message, you can just like click a thumbs up or a heart. To yeah, let them know. Instead okay. of previously you couldn't do that, you'd have to either go into the emojis and choose one from the thousands or you'd have to say, mm. okay. But the problem is that all five of them are quite close together. And I have a tiny iPhone 2016 <laughs> SE. So I keep clicking yeah. like the inappropriate <laughs> emoji to respond <laughs> To people's <laughs> messages. If you, yeah. if you just give me a sec, I'm just going to have a look. Or maybe I can do it on here. Yeah, so let's have a look. So it's it goes on WhatsApp, it goes thumbs up heart, um, like, like hilariously laughing emoji with tears coming out, surprised, sad, and then I've got mm. the like thankful hearts. Maybe that, maybe these are the ones I use the most. I'm not sure, but huh. I keep going to click the thumbs up and. The problem is that the heart and the laughing hilariously thing are next to each other. So somebody might mm. say something like, yeah, like, oh, my dog just my dog just died. You know, I, I really need support right now. I go to click yeah. the heart and I send them the laughing hilariously <laughs> emoji. And then you're fucked. Yeah. And then I'm frantically yeah, trying shit. to change it because they've expressed... <laughs> Some authentic emotion and they need support. And I'm just like, that's yeah. fucking hilarious. That is so funny. I'll send I'll send a few hilariously laughing emojis to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's that it reminds me of that one of the earliest uh misuses of internet speak and internet abbreviations was when chuggy people thought that LOL meant lots of love. So they <laughs> They'd respond similarly by, you know, somebody would say, I'm just, I need some support right now. And they'd just be like, lol. (laughs) Just, just, uh, Just inadvertently callous. So, John, when I was on my favourite website, dailymail.co.uk, for mm-hmm. pod material, also <laughs> saw Chris Hemsworth enjoys Loki birthday brunch, family Byron Bay. So, oh. uh, the Hemsworths, I know the Hemsworths have property in, uh, in Byron, and Byron keeps mm-hmm. popping up on my radar because, uh, I've probably mentioned this before, but... Germans travel through Australia much more extensively than, Mm. say, for example, people from England. Germans Mm -hmm. tend to take quite a lot of time off. And so Mm. uh, a lot of Germans that I meet have been to Byron Bay and they love it. And also Mm. we know that lots of international and local celebrities, they all have – how I don't want to say to you – When's it time for you to move to Byron yeah. and start and start buying tinctures of ointments that real get your yeah. body in harmony with Mother Nurture? When's it time for you to start <laughs> eating a turkey, turkey tail. tail mushroom coffee that gives you <laughs> spiritual energy? I want yeah. I want you to become a, a Byron douche as quick as possible. Yeah, I'm not far off. It's uh. We've talked previously on the show about the art of almost touching, and it's 
It's the epicenter <laughs> of that art in Australia. My dream for you is to become a new age salesperson. Just move out to Byron <laughs> and just start trying to push tinctures on the podcast to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Al, I've got another tincture to talk about today. <laughs> tincture. Yeah. Yeah. I've got another crystal. Oh, I'm doing Reiki. Reiki-based ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our boy, our boy Barillet, I think he's out there, isn't he? Adam Barillet and yeah, his crystal connections and his ointments. You and mm. you and Adam could do some collab vehicles out there. I love all the names of the different products, and I love the kind of common sense way that the people who purvey them reel off things which are just blatantly unfol- untrue or unverifiable. You can say whatever um, you want. You can, because then they use little phrases to avoid liability. Like, I just find that for me, just just for me personally, it cures sciatica. I'm not saying it does that. Imagine going, imagine like going to your actual doctor and everything yeah. they said, they just prefaced with, I just yeah. find that. Or yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Me, for me. Yeah, just for me, when I get an ear infection, uh, amoxicillin is quite helpful as an antibiotic. <laughs> now, everyone's got their different, you know, be, just be guided by what works. That's that's true. That's that's very much the difference, isn't it? The doctor does not say to you, if, if just shoving Q-tips in there is helping, that's fine too. Whatever works. You go into your doctor and you just, you just say, look, my headaches are real bad this month. And the doctor, then your GP just says, well, obviously, have you seen where mercury is? Right now, yeah, that's right. So in retrograde, exactly. you wouldn't believe. Of course, that's going to happen. What are you even <laughs> wasting my time for? Why didn't you check the charts before you rang yeah. the receptionist and wasted all our time? Don't you have a home chart? <laughs> um, here, I'll print one out for you now. <laughs> what have we got? Because there's turkey tail. You must know some of the other names <laughs> for the yeah. Where we got the the mushrooms? Drag. There was dragons. Foot. Oh, well, let's look it up. We should do a whole podcast on those fucking mushrooms, those Byron Bay yeah. mushrooms. Kaku- yeah. There's kakadu plum. Kakadu plum. Turkey tail. It's a wonder, wonder food. Yeah, we're going to do a whole podcast on those mushroom extracts that get pushed to you mm. on Instagram from Byron Bay hippies. It's a, it's supposed to be beautiful. And, and the, uh, I mean, there's Byron, which is also a very kind of gentrified and desirable place to live as well as having that sort of hippy-dippy element. But then I think there's other places like Nimbin, the town of Nimbin is a bit like this, which is, which is less, um, less kind of gentrified and more still that kind of hippie enclave. So, you know, a lot of little benign, you know, I wouldn't necessarily use the word cult because that suggests they're not benign, but they are essentially cults and they operate in those places. And so it's a natural, has a natural pull to me as somebody who enjoyed the Brunswick Spiritual Church. So yeah, maybe we should put that on the agenda. Thanks, everybody, so much for tuning in to episode number 72 of the podcast. We really enjoyed talking about the gentleman and his bones. We enjoyed talking about 
emojis and how they've become an accepted part of authentic human communication. And we enjoyed mm. talking about John's soon-to-be-home, the spiritual enclave of Byron Bay. And do you want to say anything to anybody out there? Give him a message for the week. I want to say happy birthday to Chris Hemsworth. Um, <laughs> I know he's a I know he's a FOTS friend of the show, and we wish him the best this week. He's a fox. as every week. He's a FOTS. FOTS. He's a fox. He's a little fots and <laughs> <laughs> he's a little fots. He's a fotsy, and uh, I, I think he played Thor or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. One of I those get, movies. To be honest, I get him confused with Joel Edgerton, but I love him, and uh, and I wish him the best. And to everyone else, I say, Happy Chris Hemsworth's birthday. Thanks everybody so much for tuning in episode number 72 at Don't Praise the Machine. It's been so, 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 so much fun talking to you about all these amazing things. And I can't wait for myself to get down to Byron Bay. Byron Bay. One day, smoke myself a big old, big old, big old, big, 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 big old bong of weed. Real weed, a whole lot of them mushrooms with special spiritual magic properties gonna real help me out. Oh, as always, I've been here sat digitally next month. Number one pod pilot. It's got to be the one called Shamalama. Thanks so much, Shamalama, and we'll, we'll, we'll see you next week at the podcast.